The A-League is very much at the pointy end of the season. We've had home and away semi-finals, the voice of the A-League and also the host of the global game on SEN joins us now. Simon Hill, welcome in, Simon. Good to speak to you. How are you, mate? Very well. Uh, Before I talk A-League, I'm just going to say five words and I want your reaction. Come on, you blue boys. (laughs) <laughs> well, I hope you're right. Yeah, I mean, we uh, we got the title yesterday. I presume you're talking about Manchester. You know I am. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, we've got the big two to come. The FA Cup final against uh, the other mob across town and then the big one, the Champions League final against Inter. So, yeah, there's a chance for, for City to make a bit of history. And uh, obviously, as a City fan myself, I hope we do. Um, a question for you as a when I say I'm not a City fan my brother-in-law would be as massive a fan as you he born raised lives Manchester and he's blue till the cows come it doesn't matter where in the world he is he watches every minute of every single game Kevin De Bruyne Erling Haaland what are Man City like without them what's their support crew like well we got a good uh, glimpse into that last night because uh, Pep Guardiola made nine changes for the game against Chelsea uh, and they still won (laughs) 1-0 so uh, Harland and De Bruyne did make late cameos off the bench, um, but they went with Julian Alvarez up top. Um, uh, Phil Foden started, Rico Lewis, Cole Palmer. We actually had three academy graduates in the first team, which is uh, not something that happens too often. And a free transfer signing in goal, Stefan Ortega. So, uh, so much for the billions of dollars that have been spent. But uh, yeah, look, they've got a pretty good backup squad. Um, obviously, you wouldn't play them from the off against Inter or against United in the final. You rely on your, you know, your big guns for those matches. But uh, last night was a chance to give them uh, a start. Calvin Phillips is another one, made his first start of the season. Sergio Gomez the same. Um, and, you know, Pep Guardiola has basically got two players for every position, which is uh, uh, the sort of position I think that every manager would love to be in. Um, talking to Simon Hill uh, who'll be a familiar voice to you for people that watch the A-League I'm always interested people that live in the Southern Hemisphere how and when Man City for you? For me uh, well I'm from Manchester so uh, I was born there So how do you decide between City and United then as a a Mancunian? As a Mancunian (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah well it was I didn't have any choice really Uh, All my family is blue Uh, My dad's uh, been a City fan all his life Still is Uh, He doesn't go anymore Because he's he's a bit too old to walk Between the car park and the stadium Uh, My granddad was a City fan all his life My great granddad played for City in 1892 Even before they were known as Manchester City They were known as uh, Ardwick in those days so this is like a family heirloom or, as we used to joke, a family disease that was handed down for many years until we started winning trophies. Um, so I, I didn't have any choice. Uh, you know, I, I didn't choose my football team. It was chosen for me. <laughs> I was, uh, I was one, one of the first members of uh, the Junior Blues organisation when they set that up in the mid-'70s, number 596. I still remember my number. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just in my DNA. And... Uh, you know, I went to my first game when I was five years old, and that was it. There was there was no question as to who I was going to support or even the sport I was going to like. And that, that was it. Here's your team. 
get on with it. <laughs> uh, let's go A-League. We've got Melbourne City and we've got the Central Coast Mariners. Uh, they finished 1-2 on the table. They were both reasonably comprehensive in their home and away semi-finals. It's almost a rhetorical question, but um, the two best teams are going to be playing in the final at Combank Stadium in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, look, that's normally the way it pans out. It's not the same every year, obviously, but, uh, you know, the league table uh, doesn't lie normally. And uh, I think I'd, I made mention of the fact before the Melbourne City Sydney FC semi final. Uh, down the years, if you include the old National Soccer League, uh, there have been only five premiers that have failed to make the grand final in 37 seasons. You can now make that 38, wow. with City having qualified as well. So, you know, normal uh, normal service is, is resumed in, in that regard. Uh, and the Mariners deserve to be there as well. They've had a terrific campaign. And as you say, we're, we're dominant really over the two legs against Adelaide. So I think we've got the two best teams. And uh, we'll see what happens on June the 3rd. Melbourne City have only lost three games all season. And you know, they finished 11 points clear of Central Coast. How much do we read into that trying to find a winner in the final? Well, obviously it's a one-off occasion. And, you know, they can have an off day. Um, and the Mariners are certainly capable of winning it. Uh, they've got a lot of firepower. You know, Jason Cummings, Marco Tullio's in uh, amazing form at the moment, Benny and Cololo uh, and others. So th- they can certainly win it. And of course, and this is the controversial bit, uh, you know, they, they will probably have the vast majority of the support inside the stadium because it's being played in Sydney. Mm. Um, you know, in, in normal years, it would have been played at Amy Park, which is City's home ground, where they haven't lost a home match all season. Only the third team in history a-league history, that is, to, to do that. So uh, that might just even things up a little bit. Um, but, you know, I, I would imagine that if City played to their best, then they should be the champions. They, they've been top of the league for a reason. Um, and I think I'm right in saying that the Mariners have only failed to score, I think it's only one or two games this season. And one of those was against City. So I, I would say City are the favourites, but... Um, you know, don't rule out the Mariners for the reasons that I've outlined. For someone from the outside looking in, um, somewhat strange there's home and away semis and one game for the final. I'm not saying the final should be home and away, but it, it, it's a bit weird. Well, look, you know, I've got on record as saying that one of the ways out of the grand final impasse, if you like, is to move it to a two-legged grand final and then the team that earns the right to host the grand final gets the first leg um, on their own patch. And you can still have the decider in Sydney. But, uh, yeah, look, that's the way it's been structured. They've tinkered with the format quite a bit down. Ooh. Um, if it is going to be this, with the one-legged eliminations uh, finals, then the two-legged semis, then the one grand final, Okay. Um, but don't be changing it every two or three years because, uh, you know, that's when people lose the thread of the story, I think. Um, and we, we tend to do that too much, in my opinion, in the A-League. Um, but, you know, obviously they're searching for the right formulas and, you know, commercial interests have a big part to play in that. I understand that. Um, but, but you've also got to be fair to football fans and, uh, and keep the integrity of the competition going. So if this is their preferred model, well, okay, stick with it for the next five or ten years. But uh, history shows that they don't necessarily. (laughs) Yes, that's true. Uh, Administrators change their minds very quickly. Uh, Central Coast, they had uh, 
I think it'd be not overstating it. They were really poor for about from about 2015 through 2020. What's what's brought them back into favour? What work have they done that have enabled them to get to a grand final? It's a good question, and you know I think they they won three wooden spoons in a row. I mean they were by far the worst team on the pitch in the league for quite some time. Uh, and then they obviously got to a point where they decided they were going to go down a different road. And a lot of that was to invest in their academy um, and bring through young players um, in the Mariners' way, in inverted commas. Alan Stadjic started that process when he was head coach, got them into the finals for the first time in, I think, seven or eight seasons. And now they've gone on to uh, a different level under Nick Montgomery, uh, who, of course, was the academy coach. Uh, to start off with. So, you know, he knew all those young players, knew how good they were, knew how to integrate them, how to give them confidence uh, to play first-team football. Uh, So Monty's done a terrific job. This is their first grand final in 10 years. Um, And they're great to watch as well. You know, they've they've got a really good playing style, a good balance between attack and defence. And you look at some of the young players that they've brought through. I'm just going to give you one example. Nectar Triantis, who, who was at Western Sydney Wanderers, didn't really get much of a look in, um, was on the periphery. Uh, he was brought over to Gosford, and now he's an automatic starter alongside Brian Kaltak, who's another one who, up until the start of this season, really, we didn't know an awful lot about. He's from Vanuatu, 29 years of age, and you thought, well, where's he been all these years? Why hasn't he been a pro footballer? But Goodness me, he's been terrific. The, the pair of them, uh, alongside Marcelo and Murcher at the Wombats, I, I think are the, the best central defensive pairing in the competition. So, you know, that, that's testament to the work that Nick Montgomery has done, his ability to spot a player, to develop a young player, um, and to, to mould them all into a really good functioning unit. And, uh, you know, they've got their rewards. Last thing, uh, Simon, expansion in the A-League, we're seeing the NRL have added teams, they're looking at different teams in, in various codes. How settled is the 12 teams? Um, I seem to recall there was an appetite for, for more teams joining the A-League. Um, is that still on the cards and when would it happen? Well, yes, it's very much on the cards. I mean, uh, a couple of months ago, the, the APL, which is the umbrella group that runs the A-Leagues, men's and women's, uh, announced that they wanted to expand to 14 teams by the season after next. And the two markets they have targeted are Canberra and Auckland. So, you know, for, from your neck of the woods, you're going to have a New Zealand derby, providing they can, you know, get the owners that will put the money in. Uh, I'm told that is on track. Uh, who, the, who the people are who are going to fund it, I don't know. Um, but it's looking to be a good thing. You know, obviously more opportunities for players, coaches, administrators, dare I say broadcasters as well. Um, and for football in New Zealand, I, I think it will be a real shot in the arm because you'll have two teams. You'll have a, you'll have a derby game uh, twice a season, which will hopefully generate some interest and some rivalry. Um, and for the competition as a whole, it, it will mean that we move to an even competition. And what I mean by that is, We'll have 13 home, 13 away. You play, uh, you know, every other team once home and away. Uh, and that's a fairer competition uh, other than what we've got at the moment where you play some teams three times and the others twice. So the sooner we can get to 14 teams, the better. And, uh, you know, even going further to 16 and, and then integrating a national second division, which, of course, is on the cards as well. Um, so hopefully exciting times ahead. But uh, as ever, 
It'll depend on the dollars and who, if anyone, can provide them. It sort of semi-surprises me, <clears throat> Simon, that um, the A-League are looking at Auckland. I mean, I think that's fantastic. But I'm just thinking um, your other states... I mean, there's a team in Brisbane. There's no one up where the North Queens are getting, you know, Townsville, and we see how much they embrace their sporting yep. sides. No appetite to go up there? Oh, I think there probably is. Um, but again, it, it comes down to whether the, the money is there, whether the backers are there. Uh, uh, personally speaking, I, I would have preferred a second team in Queensland. No, no disrespect to Auckland, but it is an Australian competition, at least nominally. Yep. Um, and, you know, there, there is a big appetite for football up there, but, you know, it's, it's damned expensive to run professional sporting teams, particularly in our code where, you know, we're not the main game in town. So uh, they probably feel as though this is their best opportunity in the short term to get two extra clubs in. Uh, but I have no doubt that they're looking at a second club in Queensland, whether that will be in the north or whether it will be a second team in Brisbane. Uh, but we certainly need a, a second team in the Sunshine State, not least to give Brisbane Raw a kick up the pants because they've struggled over recent years. Um, you know, there are other areas like Tasmania who are very keen on, on having an A-League team. Um, but APL, I mean, I assume that they've done their research, at least I hope they have. Um, and they feel as though these two markets are the best place to go short term. So let's see if they're right. Mm. Brilliant, Simon. Always appreciate your time on this station. Go well, um, and looking forward to your call in a fortnight's time. Thanks very much. All the best. Cheers, buddy. There is uh, Simon Hill, uh, the voice of the A-League, also host of the Global Game on the SEN app. Um, just You can throw any soccer football question at him.